Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks from Yonathotep in our England chapter, where we have a month episode coming. But before that, we are going to do a round of introductions. So, to my right. Slani, I'm playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, and uh, it was an eventful night. It was. You had a nice long walk with Simone on a pier. And uh, after that, you went to bed. That brandy helped for certain. To Mr. Forsyth, right? This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and dinner was a little awkward last night. It's an awkward dinner between friends, the best kind. <laughs> for sure. Uh, at the end of the table. Uh, this is Jake. I'll be playing Jack Doyle. And I'm hoping that this montage episode is accompanied by AD synthesizer music, as all montages should be. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I'll talk to the editors. Uh, to uh, Jack's right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach. And I am very intrigued by this montage action. <laughs> to the doctor's right. Oh, this is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and I now have an enemy. Oh, good lord. Add another one to the list. Uh, but last, but certainly not least. Uh, this is Alex. We'll be playing Simon Granger, and uh, apparently I am making enemies. Hmm. And influencing people. Maybe. Well, we're going to open this episode with an understanding between ourselves and between the listeners, you the listener, that... This episode will span about a week of game, right? Uh, and at the end of it, if you listen real closely, maybe, just maybe, some of our investigators will improve some skills. But more on that later. So the next day arrives at Walton on the Naze, and the weather doesn't really improve, per se. In fact, it gets a little rainier. Uh, but it's just a light mist for uh, you, Mr. Doyle, as uh, you and Miss Lane begin doing some of your cursory examination uh, of the city. I would ask then, where are you going to start? I look at Jack. Uh, Jack, so um, you're the man with the plan. Let's start at the antique shop. Oh, okay. What are we looking to find at the antique shop? Well, I bet, I bet uh, they would know all the uh, old manors around the area. Yeah, like a historical society type, type deal? Yeah, it's possible. I would think that they would know better than just about anybody. Okay, lead the way. So we'll go to the antique shop. You guys head to the antique shop. Anything spe specific you're looking for at the shop? Well, I want to, uh, we'll just look around, but I kind of try to chat up the proprietor. Yeah, they're more than willing to chat with a local shopper. Basically, I'm looking for information about uh, manor houses in the area. Older buildings with nice um, architecture, that kind of stuff. Well... We don't have many manors here locally, but uh, I do know there's some larger parcels of land uh, that were sold off uh, a bit north. It's a few miles. If uh, I don't think the uh, uh, shop here would have any specific record of them, not that I can remember, but perhaps the, uh, uh, the, uh, the county records office would have something. Well, uh, where is the county records office located? Oh, the, the county building's not far from here. It's uh, just a few blocks down. Oh, thank you very much. So we found out about the county records, uh, Lillian. Would you like to go uh, for a walk? Great. Let's head to the county records. I'm I'm guessing they will have, um, or hoping they have some blueprints of the uh, the area or the house. Yes, or something. Um, so there is a record here. Uh, as you guys travel up to the uh, the county seat. Uh, there are records here which you're able to get a hold of. 
that day. Although they don't include any blueprints, uh, there's a record of sale. Uh, it looks like in 1915. And that is uh, a sale to a gentleman that you both know, at least by name, and that would be Edward Gavigan. Who is the sale from? Who did they buy it from? Uh, it looks like a gentleman named Lloyd Price. Okay. Uh, it was at one point known as the uh, as as Longview. That's the name of the manse as it was built. Uh-huh. Uh, but it looks like a that Mr. Gavigan changed the name formally here on the deed uh, to uh, Mr. House. And they have a uh, a location of where it's located, uh, you know, so I can look it up, so I can get there. Uh, they have the rough mile markers. Yeah, that's all I needed. And that's all they have in here, right? Yeah. We're not planning on going there today, are we? No, no, no. Uh, you and I are have some uh, unfinished business. So um, do we have anything else with regards to this that we want to accomplish today? Or should we move on to other things? We'll move on to other things. Okay. Maybe find somewhere that's like a cove or something that's tucked away. I'm, there's got to be something out here that's pretty wide open outside the town. You could simply walk up the coastline basically into unincorporated land and there's it's not even farm fields it's just marshes um, it's you know semi-rocky cliffs and then the sea. Yeah, this would be perfect. Yeah, somewhere a little out of out of the way. Right, so um, I kind of look at him expectantly. So what's, um, what are we doing first? What do you, you know, well, we're gonna work on. Uh, I, on do your I get to just right first. hook somebody? Start off. Yeah, that's that's usually a good way of starting. But okay. what we're actually gonna do is we're gonna work on your stance. Okay. So how 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 do I need to stand? I mean. Oh, okay, and this is where I will uh, teach her as I have taught uh, numerous brothers and nephews to how to fight street fighting. All right, so I tell you what, why don't you give me a fighting brawl roll? And then Lillian, after he gives after he gives the report on the roll, I'd like you to give me an intelligence roll to see how well you pick it up. Okay. That is 64 under 75. Okay, fair enough. Alrighty, and then intelligence. Mm-hmm. Oh, got a 96 out of 75 really yeah (laughs) so the first day or so of this does not go as planned for either one of you really jack you're showing her some fairly simplistic body positions and then trying to walk her through and you think that there's just a a level of of uncomfortability that she has with the entire premise um, from on your end, Lillian, you're you're getting what Jack is trying to teach you. It's just that he's setting everything up as if you're uh, a man his size, and it's just not the way your body works. Do I understand that he's doing that? No, that's the problem. That's okay. the disconnect with that role. Okay. Is like you you don't under, you don't understand how to convey to somebody who's trying to teach you. No, you're teaching me the wrong way. Yeah, I probably sigh in frustration and you know I'm sure my my hair is all out of place I might be a little dirty it, it just don't understand I usually pick up things better than this I well it, it will take a little time we'll keep working on it maybe I'm not cut out to fight no no every, everybody's cut out to fight so my question to the two trainees trainer and trainees at this point is are you planning on keeping it up throughout the week yes well I would I would think we'd go every day for a little while. Okay. So give me another roll for the rest of the week. We'll see what you can pick up. Do you want me to roll or him or just me? I'll have Jack roll first. Okay. That's 53. So a success. Okay. And then Lillian? I got a 50 out of 75. Yeah. You kind of come to the understanding that it's not just body position for her, but what you need to teach her really is to how to use her sized and speed to her advantage Mm -hmm. because what you learn over that week is that Lillian is like whip fast when she wants to be. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's faster than you. 
her hands, when she gets into a rhythm, move very fast. And so you begin to teach her more, not like slap fighting, but more like instead of trying to punch and use your strength, you teach her a little bit more like dirtier fighting techniques that you would use like on the right. open street, yeah. like eye gouges. Right. It's, it's, it's not a fair fight. It's, it's, I, I'm not, I won't teach her to fair fight. I want to teach her to survive and win. So that is what the two of you are doing, at least for, uh, the balance of, of, uh, say a six to eight hour day, uh, for the rest of the week. Uh, and at the end of the week, Lillian, you're probably exhausted. I want to pass on that information so that, like, if Simone wants to go look at the house or whatever, they can do so. Okay. You pass along the information so that way folks know where it's, where it's roughly where it's at. If someone investigates that a little further, I can give them some more detail on it. Um, so it, with Lillian and Jack for the moment in, uh, in, in training, Lawrence, how are you spending your week? Well, if I if we if we know um, the name of the house and the general idea of where the house is, mm-hmm. it's probably not hard to go down to the records department and pull the plat. And uh, perhaps maybe there's there's a uh, chance we could go out that way and survey the grounds. Interestingly enough, um, if you spend a little time in research when you go to the, the county seat uh, for it, um, they can get you a general map of this area, but they can't get you any detailed information on it. Uh, the county records department say that uh, the information, like any detailed uh, drawings of the area, were pulled about five to seven years ago and that uh, a, a survey has not been back out to the area. That's interesting. That's very interesting. So I think it might be time to rent a car if there's a possibility of doing so. Or maybe... Uh, yeah, out here in the in this area, to, to get to a place that might be able to rent you an automobile, you would have to travel likely quite a, quite a ways back yeah, and I exactly can't ride a horse, right. so... About how far away is it? Well, specifically from from Walton and or from some of the areas that you've been in down here, um, it's, it's not that it's terribly far. It's probably within, you know, nine or, or ten miles, give or take, from some of the positions that you're in. It's that the, this location that... The uh, the six thousand acres that have been purchased for the uh, for the estate, uh, it's on an island, and you you oh. begin to get in over the week to these prints, these geographical plans that they've made, and you realize that this portion of the naze that it's on is completely cut off, at least. Well, maybe not completely, but it, 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 there's, there seems to be evidence of some road in the area. But a good 95% of this area is cut off from road access. There's one road in, one road out. Is it on the coast? It is. Well, I mean, portions of it butt up against the coast, yeah. Maybe a trip by boat. You figure if you study it long enough, it's possible. I think that might be the call depending on how bad the weather is because uh, if the weather holds, I still don't think they'd be expecting very many people to come by sea. Maybe I'll talk to Simone about about uh, the possibility of uh, seeing if we can get a better look at the location. Okay, so you're probably going to end up between the trips to the county back and forth. You'll probably burn a day or two of your time. Yep. Um, just looking at the map, Mr. Forsyth, and you, you can tell this is probably a rather large uh, rolled up map that he brings back to you, Simone. Um, it does look like the place that was pointed out that um, the estate was purchased on is a pretty massive chunk of land. It was also, it looks like it's, it's mostly cut off from anything close to a road system. And just from the detail that you see drawn on the map, Mr. Forsyth, you're fairly certain these are all moors and uh, and wetlands 
Like we're gonna have to walk through this. How do how does it look like they get there? By boat? By car. We know they get there by car. We know they come in a group. Probably multiple cars actually. So there's only one road in and one road out. I'm sorry, where is the where is the estate on this map? Bottom corner. It actually isn't marked on the map specifically. This is just the area. Yep. Yeah. The estate itself is not marked on the map at all. And so what the gentleman at the records office told you, Mr. Forsyth, was uh, the area there that seems to be cut by these tributary waters that come in from the ocean. That's the estate. This mushroom-shaped... Uh-huh. Is there a road that leads that way out of town at all? Nope. Huh. Uh, there is a road that leads out of town. You know that because it follows the rail line back to Colchester, but there isn't a road directly there that you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know from what Mr. Forsythe told you that uh, Alicia, the, the serving girl at the Blue Pyramid, said that they take cars up there, so there has to be a way to drive to it, but... It's just not marked easily. It's not indicated on this map at all. Okay. Well, the question is, is do they drive to Walton and then drive to the estate, or do they just go straight to the estate and not stop in Walton? Walton is uh, is where we are now, yes? Yeah. Oh, you're asking if uh, they come through here first? Or... Yeah. It would be a couple of cars full of people, um, several of whom probably don't speak English well. Uh, traveling through the English countryside. Somebody would notice that. How far does this look? Like, is this, does it look like it's to scale? It doesn't look like it's to scale. Okay. It could be quite a bit farther than you think. You think uh, this will require a bit of uh, exploration? Where did uh, this map come from? The surveyor's office. Are we expected to return it? Uh, yes. But I think we could make a copy of it. I start taking out my supplies. Okay. So the two of you for this portion of the week are going to do some direct investigation and recon of some sort, yes? Uh, yes. We're going to go hiking. Okay. Yep. So what I'd like from the both of you are navigate rolls. Give me two per person uh, for the week. <gasps> so bad at this. I failed the first. Okay. Can I feel harder? Yeah, I can. And I critically failed the second one. Okay. 99 over 23. So lost. Yeah, 36 out of 10. For the two of you, the naze becomes a moor, and you get bogged down in it terribly. Whether it's wet equipment, whether it's getting turned around, getting further out, and losing track of time, you end up unfortunately getting turned around at one point so bad that you lose track of which direction you came from and the Thursday night that you spend on the moors is probably one of the worst nights of your life it's cold, it's damp you lack supplies you think you have a map when you return to Walton days later but it has been a very difficult week can I tell you what I did for my day one sure um, so since we didn't have a location yet I was going to shadow Jack you watch Jack try to teach Miss Lane how to fight the first day of it does not go very well she get dirty oh yeah nice uh, but yeah once they give me the, the locations we're just getting to work on the on suffering in the wetlands you are suffering uh, Mr. Forsyth, you think you turn your ankle? Is there any damage involved, or just... no? There's no damage involved per se, but um, it does extend your time out in the wetlands a little while because it becomes very difficult for you to move. Your ankle swells up a little bit. Hard to walk on. Yeah. Very. We're kind of in the middle of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a like a hunting lodge or any? Are there any, um, I guess, hunters out here? Sporty types? Sporting types? Is there anything to, is there anything to hunt out here? Not that, I mean... We're in the lowlands, the wetlands. There's probably... It's very, it's very damp. Duck. <laughs> nice. 
Um, there's probably fish, obviously. I mean, you would hunt it, but... Sure. Okay. I mean, do I feel like the direction on this map is off? Like, if we head, you know, generally northwesterly, we'd have to encounter the river at some point, right? Like, how far do I think... I just, are we just... So, at this point, we just don't know how far it is? That's the problem you're having, is dowsing how far it is, specifically. Okay. Well, now that we have a better idea as to what we're dealing with, I guess I will try to figure out how we could make our travel a bit easier, make better time, given the terrain. You actually begin to believe that these wetlands might be part of the problem. And that just by looking at the map, you kind of come to the same thought train that Mr. Forsythe did. And that is that fighting the moors is going to always be a problem. And so you might want to go around them by boat. Okay. I guess we'll keep that in mind for the weekend. <laughs> Give uh, Forsyth ankle a night, to re- a night to recover. Sure. At some point during that week, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that um, Lillian will be actively avoiding trying to be seen by anyone looking beat up and or dirty on her way back to the hotel. So I will uh, respect that. But on like night four, I'm going to leave a note under a door to check chapter four of that book. Okay. Fair enough. There's going to be a note that says check chapter four. You received said note, Miss Lane. I'm uh, sitting on my on the bed wrapped in a robe after after showering and getting all the grossness off of me from the day of practice and I see the note some random note comes sliding into the door so I uh, I pick it up and see that it says see chapter 4 I'm assuming I know it's Simone's handwriting because of his the handwriting in the book that I had been reading mm-hmm. so I, uh, I I go pick up the book and, and turn it to chapter 4 and sit down and you know, start reading. What am I going to see in chapter four? <laughs> so, um, it's actually a, uh, a breakdown of components of survival that it's much more than just kind of knowing what's around you. It's taking in those surroundings and anticipating what could happen. Like if you know an alleyway is coming up, could someone jump out and attack you? If you see a fire escape on an apartment building to your right, could someone throw something down at you? So understanding your surroundings and like the, the criticality of being aware of everything around you. And then it goes on to other, I guess, principles of hypervigilance and like surroundings engagement. It doesn't talk about how to fight, but more about how to anticipate situations as they unfold. The level of like ferocity that's expected of you when it's time to fight. And that when it's time to fight, there's typically... A time to kill because if you're being attacked you can't hold anything back it doesn't necessarily get instructional but it you know relays the uh, importance of utilizing every weapon at your hand so anything kicking punching eye gouging to opportunistic items but yeah stuff like that so like using the environment to my advantage like what's available well yeah it talks about like being being tactical in your mindset um and kind of what what you should expect of yourself in those situations. I start pouring through the the chapter with um, with eagerness and you know, kind of I, I grab out my journal that I had, I have and um, start taking down some notes and what I'm reading. Yeah, that that's what I will spend my evening doing and also you know just relaxing because my muscles really hurt. So, doctor, tell me how you're spending this week. He's spending a good majority of it reading about Egypt and the various books that he has collected from Mr. Doyle. He was so generous to donate, even though he didn't realize. He is tackling them quickly and efficiently as he possibly can, while still retaining as much as he can. So, you know, the delicate balance. If and when Jack asks the doctor's opinion about Mealy, he willingly offers a ear and uh, a hand if even willing to stand in, you know, stand to the side during one of their sessions and give pointers on to sure. both Jack and Lillian 
as to, you know, Jack, you're thinking about as if she is six foot. She is not. She is five five. You need, you need to lower the center of gravity. You know, little things. Tapping one of them with the cane. Move your foot. <laughs> okay. Other than that, yeah, he's doing just a lot of research, trying to stay relatively clean of ether during the week or so, but mm. probably before bed when he starts thinking about that painting. He, uh, you know, it helps him sleep, so. Sure, sure. Anything you tell yourself to sleep, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, fair enough. Um, So would you like, I can give you an intelligence roll if you'd like, if you'd like to pick up some um, Egyptian lore or Egyptology? I would like to, and specifically, I'm actually going to look up the name of the house that we're going to, mm-hmm. because it's... <sighs> It's bugging me because it's not French, it's not German, and it's clearly not English. So I'm going to look up the name of the house because she changed it. So, mm-hmm. Just uh, go ahead and give me an intelligence roll and we'll see how you do for the week. I will do that thing. Oh my God. 98 out of 85. <laughs> you could push that if you'd like to. You know what? I think I will. But how, how will you push it? Uh... Well, having done this many times in real life, once I start and I realize that my brain is not absorbing it as it needs to, I uh, regroup, refresh, try to think of different ways that I can teach it to myself, uh, find different angles, and pull a few all-nighters even if they have to be chemically fueled. Ah, wonderful. The ether comes back into play. Oh, yes, it does. So I will go ahead and make that roll again and push it. 50 under 85, sir. Okay. Uh, You spend three nights, probably up until the wee hours of the morning, until you begin to see the slight bloom of dawn tracing the uh, eastern sky. But you do come across a few revelations. In Arabic, Misr means Egypt. It's just another word for Egypt. So we're going to the Egypt house. Right. Fantastic. Which informs you a bit, you think, on what kind of house it might be. Yeah. It also lines up quite quite directly with, uh, with Mr. Gavigan's perspective, you think. Indeed. It's a little disturbing. If you'd like to... Um, so we'll just mark down during the uh, end of the session here if you... We'll, uh, we'll give you a, an opening skill roll if you'd like. Yay! And then not to be uh, outdone with pulling all-nighters, Miss uh, <laughs> O'Shea, what what does your week consist? Trying to decipher the connection with the knife with Swift's journal, and then if I make it past that, then... I want to do studying on my new pet that I want to get. So why don't you make me a Cthulhu Mythos roll for the dagger? If you're going to try to integrate it or work with the journal. Oh, yeah. Let me look up what the journal. Three out of 36. Oh, well, that's an extreme success. So you spend the first few nights going over the dagger and going over the etchings you find in it. As you go over the dagger, you realize even though it's it appears brittle, this this bronze age dagger, still very much an antique. But as you're leafing through one of the pages in the journal, you end up when setting the dagger down, accidentally cutting yourself with it. Uh, and it burns and stings for a good long while. But as the, the blood continues to sit on the blade, uh, you realize that the tarnish that's on that piece there begins to evaporate. And you start to see the blade just in that section where the blood is seems to almost reform. Okay. And you wow. see another, another part of this glyph exposed. Well, if I just cut my finger or something, I guess I'll see if I can rub it and get, you know, more sure. of the 
glyphs and whatever. So I suppose the question then is, how much are you going to put on it? Well, I mean, if I like, I mean, because was it a bad cut on my finger? Uh, it's it's bad enough. I mean, it hurts like crazy. You you bled quite a bit. Well, then I'll you know try and stop it, and then use whatever's on the handkerchief that you know. You continue to use the blood that's there, and you work it into the weapon. First trying to clean it, and once you realize that the blood is somehow a, a cleansing agent, whatever this metal is, you get the feeling that if you just had more, maybe this blade would be useful again. Do I still have the cut on my hand? Oh yeah, I mean you'd have to bandage it, yeah. So I'm still wearing a bandage on that hand, right? For sure. Well, then I will just cut my hand again. (laughs) Or peel the scab, which also hurts like hell. So why don't you roll me a d4? Of course, I roll a 4. You do? Okay, so it's really the third night that you're working with that that you kind of get caught up in the moment. And you figure, well, I, I need my hand, but maybe... Maybe just the side of my thigh. That'll be enough. That'll be enough. And so you cut into the to the outer portion of your thigh. And you spill blood all down the length of this blade. And it seeps deeply into the metal. And it continues to work as a solvent. And the blade before your eyes begins to regenerate itself almost acrid metallic scent takes over your room and when you bandage yourself back up you've, you've got a bit of a limp now you're you're in some serious pain but the the blade is another half again as what it was it's almost completely back to life and it's a glorious looking weapon now and can i read the glyphs on it you can you can read some more of them more of them match up with uh, some of glyphs that you're seeing in Swift's tome. Okay. And you suddenly realize that it really doesn't matter whose blood it is. It's just this, this blade needs it. You can feel it as you grab the, the handle of it. You can feel the blade's desires. It wants to be whole again. And that's gonna force you to roll sanity for me. Awesome. Welcome to the club. <laughs> She's already in that club. 37 out of 41. All right, you pass, but you still lose a point of sanity. It is a little difficult for your brain to continue to register this, but it's, it's there's got to be, there has to be an end to this. I mean, the, there's only so much of this once misshapen, rotted blade that could possibly come back. But I can save that for the... Uh cultists that's how you spend your week cutting yourself reading tomes and bleeding all over your room but it's progress yes and I clean up because nobody's going to know about this okay so at the end of the week the investigators have had some success and maybe some failures so what I'd like to do now is wrap up the week with each one of them Jack and Lillian, you come together finally and get somewhat of a regiment down. And after four or five days, Jack, you feel like she has a rhythm finally. Good, good. I'd like to see her making some progress. Am I able am I able to take him down in sparring yet? Uh no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you are admittedly, Jack, that there's no way around the fact that she's faster than you, and if she had time an effort to, to put into honing the skill, she could she could be potentially pretty dangerous. So with the uh, the intensive training, Lillian, I'd like you to make me uh, an intelligence roll at the end of the week. Okay. I got a 40 out of 75. All right. Now roll 1d10. I get a 4. All right. And add 5 to it. 9. Okay. So if you'd like to raise your brawl by 9, you can. Great. Simone and Mr. Forsyth, I think that 
navigate is probably likely in your future when we get to the improvement section. But how would the two of you round your week out? I think we need to get a boat. I would like to see yeah. if we can, uh, if we can abs- not abscond with one, but like acquire one for a time. Yeah, getting a boat in Walton on the Nays is not hard at all. You could rent one probably from the hotel. Um, now they're not large boats. Um, they're not even, in many cases, motorized. Well, I was assuming that we were only going to need like a canoe for the two of us. Yeah. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be a canoe. It would be a flat boat here, but, sure. but yeah. Yeah. Who's got pilot boat? Whatever. <laughs> I totally do. No, I really don't. <laughs> She's a ship captain. You just never knew it. Yep. One of the many secrets. Really, what we need is somebody to uh, uh, pilot the boat for us, basically. I mean, I can't row a boat. You can. No, Absolutely not going to stop you from rowing a boat. That's... It might be a far distance to row. Well, that's why we, that's why there's two of us. Right. You that's can also true. row this boat. <laughs> so um, I'll uh, hand wave the rolls. I'm not so much interested in that. I guess for your boating expedition, where, where are you attempting to get to specifically? Um, I want to try to get a visual on this. The water starts pretty close to Walton. And then mm-hmm. there's this, is it a tributary? Whatever that yeah. river the river is. Um, mm-hmm. We'd be paddling upriver. So I'm just going to, I think we can just follow it. Like we can probably just drag. Well, how big is a flat boat? Um, the, two, the two of you could probably drag it a bit. Of, you could portage with it, kind of. The two of you are probably strong enough to, it, it's going to be a day, probably just a, a few hours to get it on a, on foot to get to at least maybe maybe not a few hours probably an hour or so to get to that tributary area and then another you know couple of hours to get up the tributary depending on how far you're going to go sure but i think the, the goal is to try to figure out where the like property lines are like signs of civilization figure out where the house is in relation to the water or a, a dock figure out. maybe yeah sure okay if, so, if there's anyone there right now, other than the skeleton staff. <laughs> the literal skeletons, the walking undead. So you guys spend the better part of the weekend boating. You get into the tributary and you boat up. Uh, it's it's hard work, but it's not like the two of you are unfamiliar with hard work. You uh, You at the very least get to, at some point, Mr. Forsyth, get to keep your ankle a little bit higher, having uh, yeah. dashed it on the moors a bit earlier. So you get up into this first lower section where the where the river bends, where it creates that U, and you see how how much bigger body of water that you're going to run into is. And as you're at that little section, I'd like the two of you to give me a spot hidden mole. Oh, that's an extreme success. Eight under 57. Very good. I got a hard success. It's 14 you guys, out of 55. <laughs> you guys went up a little, this little thin piece of river here, and you get to where it just gets a little thicker, and uh, you're the first person to spot it, Mr. Forsyth. Uh, and what you spot is a stone wall. Your field glasses pick up a stone wall. Now, it's got to be, it's got to be a half a mile or so from your position, give or take. But because there's no trees blocking it, you, you spot the lower section of a stone wall. It's hard to see with the, uh, with the tree cover that is there in that section, but that's definitely a, a, a stone wall. But there's no dock around it or? So no, you wouldn't see a dock. But it's right there where that little bitty branch goes off of the big tributary. Do I see it after? The time? Yeah, you do. It takes it. It doesn't take you long to follow where Forsyth's his vision continues at. Sure. Just to, to say, oh, oh, hey, there's something there. Yep, look at that. Is there a place for us to to pull off safely? You could go across the bank. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying, like, does other bank look safe? How deep is the water here? Curious, out of curiosity. It uh, it's probably ten feet. Okay. 
Um, and if we have to like hop out, you know, knee deep, ankle deep or whatever to pull the boat up, like I don't mind dragging it out the rest of the way just to make sure that we can get out of the water. So the wall is covering that that branch there? The wall itself, it's it's hard to see in its totality. So if you guys get on the other side of the the river or yeah, the river and you, you basically beach the yeah. the boat and then get into the moors here that are on this side. Uh, you can travel a little bit ways down and see that there is uh, what looks like a dock here. Um, it's to the left and a little bit up the river. And you see a section of that wall, but you don't see much more than that. Even with uh, field glasses and getting closer, uh, there there must be a structure there behind the, the tree cover, but it's hard to tell. So are we, we would have... Um considering how ill-prepared we were earlier, is it safe to assume we would have acquired like hip waders and stuff and tall boots at this point to be walking through all this? Or are we still yeah, walking around? I don't think shoes? the two of you would have, would have gone back out. Both of you are men of preparation, so. Well, monsieur, uh, I think uh, perhaps we get to the wall and uh, see what we can see. Yeah. I mean, what kind of shape does the wall look in? Does it look like it's maintained, or does it look like no, it's... it's covered in ivy. What time of day is it when we arrive? Mm, it's probably midday. Just knowing, kind of your, your mental framework, Simone, getting close to this place to get a better look, given the tree cover they have. If there's anybody on the top of that stone wall, you'll be very easy to pick out. Do we see any boats on the dock, or is it just an empty dock? No, you see a boat on the dock. It's a, uh, it's not a, a, a flat boat like you guys said. It's a little bit bigger, but uh, it doesn't seem to be uh, massive. It's like a sailboat, a very small sailboat. I'm willing to risk it and uh, serve us, uh, perhaps uh, bird watching, nature uh, scouting. Sounds good to me. We, we want casual. Okay. How far are you going? I mean, I, I want to get a better look at the wall, see if I can see where it ends, like how long does it look, how tall is it? Okay. Stealth rolls then. I will spend 12 luck to make that roll. <laughs> okay. I will uh, 17 out of 75. Okay. So you guys get quite a bit closer uh, through the brush. You have to at some point do a little belly crawling here. Uh, on the in the mud you get close enough to get a view of the location the wall is about six maybe seven feet tall it's stone and it seems to go quite a ways both left and right you are near somewhat of a corner uh, you can tell that this uh, this wall is fairly well concealed by tree cover and it's covered mostly in ivy from the bottom to the top but what you do get a view of is a three-story building that sits beyond the wall, which looks quite a bit like the picture that Jack showed you. The one that uh, Miss Lane rescued from the office. So we're not at the wall yet? No. We're close. We're, close, we're closer to it? You're closer to it, yeah. How far out are we from the wall itself? Probably there... 100 yards. And you said, there, and there's cover at the wall. There's just not cover before the wall. There's not. Well, keep in mind that this location here, specifically, um, the wall area is basically built up near the banks of the other side of the river. So you're gonna have to cross the river to get there. Um, I'll look back at um, Forsyth, kind of splashing around a bit. If uh, this is the house. Uh... What I can probably do is uh, wait here until the cover of night and uh, get a closer look at the wall and the uh, surrounding area. Write down what I can. I would recommend that you uh, return to the hotel and let the others know what we have found. Note your approach. I will uh, return as soon as I have enough information for us to make uh, a more informed approach. It looks like it's about 100 yards across the water. What do you think, monsieur? Yeah, we knew we were going to uh, need to find out everything we can about the uh, the grounds and surrounding area. I don't intend to uh, approach the house personally. 
this time. Maybe get a feel for uh, potential guard positions or find out how the uh, caravan is getting here. I wouldn't want to force you to uh, wait out here with me. Considering the conditions, I'll kind of splat around on the ground a bit. I think it's best we... I'll go back and tell them, but I think I'd better come back out tonight. Merci. Um, very well. You're going to need some backup. I'll uh, take out my pocket watch. Mm-hmm. Do you have a watch, monsieur? I do. I pull out my pocket watch. Right, I see how off we are. <laughs> yeah, it takes a little synchronization to get them both uh, together. I suppose you can uh, find out from the uh, the group whether any of them want to join you. Looking around, um, which direction do I think is more simple for me to go? Like further southwest of my position, if I'm going to skirt the wall and try to find a way to get closer to it. Because my goal, so my goal is I want to get to the wall, hopefully get eyes over it. And I wanted to try to follow it to see what the, basically what the perimeter looks like. Mm-hmm. And try to get a feel for like other points of entry. This, this wall, if it's a wall, there's probably a gate somewhere, which means there's a road somewhere that we haven't seen yet. And if that road is the approach that also leads to the house, then that would be some pretty helpful. In my mind's eye, like, what do you, uh, do I want to go left or right when I get to the wall? Uh, you are probably going to want to continue left. Right, because right would put me close to the river. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're, the only thing you're a little concerned about is the wall seems to go on for quite a ways. That I have no doubt, but I think I can follow. If I can, if I can remain, if I can spot it, then I can follow it for a while. Okay. So what I'm going to do is say, um, Monsieur, uh, what time is it now? Probably just into the afternoon now. Even if you did come back, you would not be here until the uh, wee hours of the morning, say two o'clock. Considering how long it took us to get up here, right? It probably took yeah. you a good three or four hours to get here. It might take me a little bit less because I know what I'm doing now. It's not quite as foreign. Maybe uh, taking others with you as well. Mike, could I take a quick engineering role? Uh, for what? I, I want to get an idea of this is a wall, and it's and it's a wall. It looks almost to me like a castle because they don't usually wall off the water. It's not even even rich people don't do that normally. Um, sure. What about, what about zany people? <laughs> you can make an engineer. That's why madmen like. do what they do. I think I want to try and and get the idea of if he's looking for the road. Maybe I can look at the lay of the land basically that we can see, and then knowing how they build things like this and give him some pointers on which way would be better to go or more likely. Okay. Uh, it's 45 under 60. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if he continues going on this path here, you know, the idea would be to find where that portion of the wall stopped. Right. You said we were climbing at a corner, right? Yep. Okay. And uh, I will uh, add an adduction if you are not here by... Uh, Two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, if uh, if I'm not here by two, then uh, just uh, do what you can and head out. I guess. If you are not here by two, assume that I have headed in that uh, direction. And if you choose to follow, just know that I will be uh, making my way back to um, Walter. Walter on the names. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and I, I set up shop um, on this side of the river. Mm-hmm. I try to find a comfortable place to hunker down. Okay. So for the week that we are going to spend, the investigators have done a bunch of different things. And so I want to get to the investigator improvement portion of this. Um, we'll still have a chance next session to get to the investigation of the wall that you're finding. But we want to get this uh, improvement session in. So I want to start with Jack. Uh, and we'll just go around and uh, we'll see where his skill's at and then uh, we'll give some rolls and see what happens. Okay. Okay, uh, I'll start out with uh, dodge. Always a good skill roll. That's what I thought. Ooh, I wow. failed. Yeah. You've... 
88 over 83. So you can add five to that. So we. Looks like Fast Talk's next. That's also a failure. 70 over 52. All right. Add six to your Fast Talk. Brawl. No, success. Not this time around. Library use. Success. Listen. Failure. 78 over 30. You can add seven to your listen. Locksmith. Oh, Oh, 100. Congrats. Max out the meter. So that's double, right? No, it's not. Oh, but did you, you do get eight okay. points in Locksmith. Nice. Spot hidden. Success. Stealth. Failure on stealth. Your stealth's high, too. Uh, so that is yeah. six points in stealth. Uh, and then track. Failure. Well, not a surprise. <laughs> 55 or 10. Uh, six points in track. Uh, handgun. Success. And psychology. And persuade. Jesus, I'm not. Wait. I did fail persuade. 72 over 25. I see that. All right. Uh, eight in persuade. Okay. And then the luck roll. 62 under 86. You have you get six points of luck, sir. Excellent. All right. Miss Lane. Let us, let us see what you have done. All right. All right. So I had a charm. Mm-hmm. Which I passed. Okay. Yep. I had Brawl, which <laughs> I got an extreme success. <laughs> it was gravy. You did get points in Brawl over this week, so I don't feel did. too bad. I had Listen, which I had a hard success, so nothing. Spot Hidden, another success. Oh, boy. And then Psychometry, uh, another success. So I am batting a thousand. You are. All right. Luck roll, please. I had a failure in luck, 66 out of 44. All right. So that is 11 points of luck for you. Awesome. At least I got something. You did. You got luck, mm-hmm. and that is sometimes even better. Yes. All right. So, Lonnie, let's boot up Mr. Forsyth here and uh, sure. get him taken. Loaded Larry. Well, we'll start with archaeology, and I fail, 45 over 24. Hey, you learned something. All right, you get 10 points of archaeology. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I love it. Okay, and then I have a handgun. (laughs) I failed it, 61 over 60. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That is six points in handgun. Getting dangerous by the second. Yep. Uh, Listen, Uh, 76 over 35. Mm Hmm. That's eight points of listen. Engineering. I failed that. 78 over 60. Wow. All right. So that's three points in engineering. Okay. That's fine. Um, spot hidden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Critical failure. 100 over 57. The Jeez. only time you'd want that. Uh, so that's four points of spot hidden. Then last and probably least stealth. 22 over 20. <laughs> And that is seven points of stealth. I improved a great deal this time around. And a luck roll. Yep. Extreme success, three under 38. (laughs) All right, so that is 11 points of luck. Wow. Very good. You are set. Doctor, what have we learned, Doctor? Okay, so starting at the top, uh, archaeology. I can roll for that one, I assume. You can. Uh, surprise, surprise, I failed because <laughs> I have one in it. So uh, 12 over one. Yeah, you get seven points of archaeology. Seven points. All right, so next one is Brawl. Uh, I succeed with that one, 40 under 70. Uh, handgun. <laughs> I succeed with 15 under 20. <laughs> Oi. Uh, medicine. 59 under 82, no surprise there. Occult, 39 over 35. Maeve has rubbed off on you. She has 10 points of occult. Wow. She's she's bad business, you know. She really is. Okay, so uh, next would be psychology, which is an extreme success, 10 under 79. So (laughs) I actually forget a few things. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
biology. Uh, I actually failed that one, 85 over 75. Nice. That is seven points of biology, sir. A sleight of hand? I should fail this one. Oh my god. <laughs> I succeeded. Six under ten. Fantastic. Fantastic. I learned nothing. Spot hidden. I failed. 74 over 70. Yeah, and that's ten points of spot hidden. Yay. I and, do uh, not dis- I do not disapprove. And now you roll luck. And now I roll luck. 39 under 40. Alright. That is 12 more points of luck. Awesome. I will take it. All right. Miss O'Shea. Okay. Um, History, 33 out of 65. Nothing there. Spot hidden, 3 out of 72. And library use, yes, 99 out of 89. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay. So that's eight points of library use. That is going to be our first one. So we have our first skill over 95. That means something special. Game goes up a difficulty. <laughs> Not exactly. Uh, so what uh, what Miss O'Shea has done is she has improved her skill to the point where she is considered a master. Uh, and it actually has a functional benefit for her. And it's because she has this mastery of skills that she gets a little something back. So when an investigator attains in this game, 95% or more in ability uh, and a skill during investigator development phase, add 2d6 points to their current sanity. Yes. I was hoping I was like, please be sand, please be sand. So uh, that mastery will return to you four points of sanity. Okay. How long? Better than kicking the teeth. I mean, I can make that happen if you'd like. No, that's all right. Okay. Okay. Luck roll then. Oh wait, are we through all your nope. skills? Yet? Nope. Right, go, continue, yet. please. Uh, brawl. Uh, Thirty-six out of forty-two. And a cult. Let's see if I can master this one. Everybody, cross your fingers. Nope. Fifty-one out of eighty-three. So now luck. Fifty-seven out of sixty-four. So that is eight more points of luck for you. All right. And Simone, the skill master himself. What up? What you got? Right. Acting. <laughs> Fuck. It's broken. It is. It is a broken skill. 98 under 55. I would say that you improve. Yep. Take six more points of acting. Acting. Men putting screwdrivers into things <laughs> and turning them. And adjusting them. Climb. 60 under 49. All right. Six more points to climb. Dis- disguise. Disguise. With a failure, 64 to 45. Seven more points to disguise. Duck dive dodge with a failure, 79 out of 75. <laughs> Four more points of dodge. Get out of the way. Roll. Success, 69 out of 16. Giggity. <laughs> uh, rifle shotgun. Hard success. Listen, success, locksmith, hard success, chemistry, 92 out of 50. All right. Four more points of that cooking skill. Let's cook. Your your landlady must have taught you some stuff. (laughs) Oh, she did. Herbs and spices. She got the colonel's blend. Um, (laughs) Sleight of hand, a success. Spot hidden with a failure, 98 over 55. All right. Three more points of spot hidden. Sneak, 94 out of 75. Stealth, as it's called in this game. Stealth, eight more points of stealth. Track, extreme success. And I think we're all... All right. Luck. (laughs) 16 out of 17. You only have 17 luck? Had. I have more now. You have 13 points of luck. Wait, 13 more? Or you Mm -hmm. took four from me? No, I didn't. (laughs) No! 13 more points of luck for you. Right. Um, I am spent. You are. And that is our improvement. So uh, I hope you all have enjoyed tonight's episode. We are reaching an ever oncoming climax with this game. Uh, and so we'll look forward to see what the uh, 
investigators plan for their next foray towards just a simple home in the middle of nowhere. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week.